Are you looking for valuable business advice to reach that seven-figure revenue mark? Do you want actionable tips to properly navigate through every business challenge you encounter along the way? Let Tersh Blissett and Josh Crouch be your guide in getting you to the top here at Service Business Mastery. Tune in as they sit down with world-renowned authors in business, leadership, and personal growth who share valuable insights about management, marketing, pricing, human resources, and so much more. Let their nuggets of wisdom gold guide you in owning a thriving, profitable, and ever-growing business. Here are your hosts, Tersh and Josh. Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We're here at the Service World Expo, and we're in the Expo Arena area, so I apologize for the background noise. If there is any, I'm here with Trey with McWilliams with, from McWilliams and Sons. We're at the Lemonseed Marketing Booth, which is, we'll wrap that into why we're here. But they have amazing presence on social media. And uh, you may know Lemonseed more than you know McWilliams. You may know McWilliams more than you know Lemonseed. But we're going to get into that story and, and as to why that is. But I really want to talk to you about pain points that you've had to deal with because you're third generation. So there's times whenever it get, so we, we get asked questions from time to time where like, Hey, my dad has this company and, and I'm trying, I, I'm going to inherit it, but I don't know how that works. Like, I don't know how to have that conversation with it. But before we do that, if you'll just give a quick introduction of yourself and, yeah. and about the company and all that. Yeah. So Trey McWilliams been in the business since I graduated high school in 2004, but I worked for my grandfather and my dad since I was eight years old. And, and uh, I was a third generation. My grandfather started the company after he retired for the Navy. And uh, so I, I've just lived and bled HVAC yeah. as a young kid. And, and so kind of, you know, just assume that was my role was when you graduate, you go to work. And so entered that. And then, you know, soon after entering that, I realized, hey, there's a lot to this, but there's also a lot of opportunity. And, and, and so let me tell off. you this, whenever you had that assumption, there's a lot of times when I assumed things like I assumed I was going to get my dad's truck when I turned 16, but then he didn't give me that. He gave me this old beater. Well, how'd that conversation happen? Like, or, or did it ever happen? It, you just like, yeah. So it really never happened. You know, you, you work for your dad through, you know, as a kid and you're working through high school and it's just, you thought that's what you're supposed to do. And then also I felt obligated. I felt obligated because I did feel like I was a valuable asset. Did it put pressure on you? To, yeah. To I mean, I think, yeah. you know, and, and I say, looking back now, I probably didn't realize that in the moment Yeah. because in the moment I was just doing what I thought was right. And it was the, honestly, it was what I knew it was the easy thing to do. It's my comfort zone. Right. And then soon after that, though, as you begin to either want to grow professionally or you get married or having kids, then you start looking at like, wait a minute, how am I going to allow, how's this thing going to support me moving forwards? Yeah, that's a good point. Do you have any kids? Yeah. So I married, so married my wife, Brittany, when, so we started dating her eighth grade year, my freshman year. Okay. Be married 17 years next month. We have a 15 year old, a 12 year old, a 10 year old. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. I have a 14 year old and man, he's a challenge for me. <laughs> he, he, he is my, so we're both the thirds, which is cool. Trey and Tersh, 15 year old, he's the fourth or my 14 year old, he's the fourth and we call him Ivy for the Roman numeral or four, okay. the Ivy. But he, I love that dude to death. And it's, he's at that age where it's like, what do you want to do? And like, do you want to take over one of my businesses or do you want to go just be a farmer? Like, yeah. I don't want, 
And we actually had a sit down conversation two weeks ago, like a pretty intense conversation of like, Hey man, I don't want you to do just what I did. Like if you're not happy doing it, like yeah. you might not enjoy this. Like my daughter, I know she is not going to be in my business because she is an artist and she just walk down my hallway and you'll, it'll prove it. It's, <laughs> but it's, it is, it, it's so evident that she's, if she's in our business, it's going to be in the creative side, side. but let's go into a little bit of a pain point and, and like this, this series of episodes, we really are talking about pain points mm -hmm. and how you've overcome them. Can and when people think about a third generation company, a lot of times it comes to mind that, Hey, like they have it easy because two generations ago, they figured it all out yeah. or a generation ago, they figured everything out was, is that true or no? No. So, uh, <laughs> so to give some kind of some context though, because there was a lot of fortunate things out that I had growing up was, you know, obviously it, the business provided a great upbringing for me, yeah. but it was, it was a lifestyle business, right? So it was, it was a business that was, you know, had hard times during the down season, wasn't a lot to sell, but it was, but it paid my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, and so the problem is, is culturally it didn't fit what a scalable business looked like. What do you mean by that? Uh, so, you know, we had a lot of technicians that done it their way, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would call it being held hostage, right? Is, as we didn't know how to replace them. They're uh, so valuable. So valuable. Or in their mind or so your mind. So we adapt to theirs yeah. instead of building a brand and building a culture we're, we're after. So I think early on, you know, I, I entered a business that was fragmented probably on the vision, what the company should look like. Everybody had their own vision, what it should look like or lack of. And we were just kind of, you know, just going through the motions and dealing with ongoing, like from a leadership standpoint and an ownership standpoint, all the burden fell on the ownership shoulders and it wasn't, you know, no one else carried the load. Yeah, that feels, I mean, that seriously feels how my business was in the past, over the past year <laughs> where there are periods, there's time periods where my guys were getting fat checks. I mean, they were getting $2,000 checks every week, three, almost $3,000 checks, but I'm not making dollar. Yeah. And then it's like, it was my burden to create marketing, to make sure that they had enough calls coming in to make money. But whenever it was something was priced wrong, oh, well, that's your problem. That's not my problem. I don't have to take a hit on it. And I think, you know, for me, I think this is where I think, so it, it and in, this took a lot of maturity and it took a while for me to get to this point. But I think pain is what gets you to that point. But at some point, a light bulb went off my head and said, you know, if I want the company to change, and because, you know, you're talking to your dad, you're talking to, you know, that those people and you're saying, hey, this, we ought to do this, we ought to do that. And we're just throwing ideas out there. We're not really the one responsible for executing. They're tired. They don't have the energy. They've, they, maybe they've tried it and yeah. couldn't do it. So they had this, and finally I just came to, you know, the realization, if not, if not me, then who, right? So who's going to change it? If it's not me, then who's going to do it? Obviously, you know, and, and I have a great dad, but yeah. the reality is it wasn't going to be him, right? right because right. he'd been running the company, he hadn't done it. Yeah. And finally, you know, I just had to have the hard, hard conversation with my dad said, you know, I didn't go in there complaining. I went in there, simply said, here's where we're at. Here's where I want to go. And what can I do to get there? Yeah. And, and I was very fortunate to have a dad said, Hey, if you got the energy and you're willing to put in the time, then I'll get behind you. And uh, from that day at, a, at, I think I was 22 years old. I became the decision maker and I became the energy. Now, trust me, a lot of guidance from him, yeah. but at the same time, I was allowed to fail. I was, my, my opinions mattered. And I know my dad's a very strong person. So mm -hmm. it took a lot of maturity 
for him to do that. But then I, but I also realized, you know, how do, at a 22 year old boss's son, how do I earn the respect? How do I earn all this? Cause it was not fun, right? It was. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, so was it an instant like transition now, now all of a sudden you're a decision maker, you're the CEO. So and, so- I, and I've never, my dad's never gave me a title, okay. right? So I've never been Trey's this, Trey's that. It was simply at the end of the day, Trey, when they start reporting to you, cause you're, you know, cause you're a strong enough leader and strong enough influencer. And they respect you. That'd be the so day that you'll you. take that role over until Dang, then. Okay. And um, so there was things that I recognize, uh, you know, I was 22 years old, had passion, you know, you know, but I knew, you know, my, my dad used to tell me, Trey, if you give them a bullet, they'll shoot you. So, you know, you got to be early. You got to be everybody to work. Yeah, you got to so be the last one what home. You, what he means is like, if you give them ammunition to be negative in any way, yeah. then they're going to take advantage of yeah, that. Yeah. Cause if you're late to work, yeah. they all have the excuse to be late to work, right? If you're low energy at work, they all have that excuse. If you, if you want, you know, adapt to new processes, new ways of doing things, even though some of that stuff took me out of my comfort zone, yeah. uh, cause I'm not a salesperson like i i don't Same. want to role play yeah like but but role playing is uncomfortable but in the, the day role playing was what i needed to take place to get my myself and my team to the next level and i had to suck it up yeah and, uh, but there was things i recognized you know because average age was probably 50 that was in my dad's company and there was a 22 year old how, how many technicians so we had at the time we were doing about two million dollars in revenue okay. uh, so we probably had 10 10 or 10 to 12 people that was working within our business yeah. that were filled Right. And, and that was back in the day when you had one person in the office and 12 personnel in the yep. field. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was already a very little direction, very little oversight. So it was wild west of, you know, everybody went and got their own parts, et cetera. But I, I learned early, like it really didn't matter how good of a technician was. It really mattered how good of a leader I was going to be. And so, you know, I went and signed up for John Maxwell, became a John Maxwell certified trainer, I think at 23. And that's wild. And started just, you know, invest in myself from a leadership standpoint, because I knew at the end of the day, I had, it was my job to earn those guys' respect. That's a lot of maturity on your shoulders. I mean, that, a, a, a lot of weight on your shoulders and maturity that was required for you to, to step up and say, like, this is, did you know at that time? Because, like, I look back and, and I was GM of, we went from one to $8 million with the company that I was GM for through the recession. And one of those situations where I, I, I didn't know it at the time that, like I was probably more mature than what other people in my age group were, but looking back, I can see that. It, but there were there were certain people who were like, "Wait a minute, you're GM of an eight million dollar company? That don't make sense." It's like, how did that happen? And I was like, I don't know. I just followed the process. <laughs> like yeah, at that time, we were we were a BDR company, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything. But they the the owner of the company handed me the BDR book, and oh. I was like, "All right, these are the steps we're going to take." And you know, but you still had to get the buy-in, right? And that, that's had the art. To get the buy- and, the, and that's, that, that was a challenge. And it's, that's still a challenge for me today. Like if, if you go to like, a, like a, we in, say we introduce Joe Casera's sales training to a, a group of commercial guys that have never done sales before. And they just like, okay, here's the broken, here's the broken part. I'm going to email it over to the facilities manager and they're going to approve it or not approve it. And I'm going to go on to the next call. Going from that transition over to now we're going to provide all these options and we're yeah. going to have that conversation. We're going to set the call up properly. And they're like, oh, no, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's sales. I'm not a salesman. I'm a technician. So the real question I think is like when you bust your butt and you're the one that created the opportunity, you're the one that created the success. Are you willing to give up the, you know, are you, are you willing to give up the recognition to them? Right? Because I knew early on, first I had to earn their respect. Secondly, when we had to win, I had to make sure they were the ones that accepted the award. Right. And because success is addicting, 
So if I could ever figure out how do I make things successful for them? And so how can I make them win? Even though sometimes like, you know, I can remember early on, like install crews had a, you know, 1% callback rate and that was to celebrate. I went on every install we ever did and fixed anything they did oh, th before they left every house. Well, that's a good point. At the end of the day, I, I'm the one that kept them from having you callbacks. You did that quality control. I had a 1% callback rate actually, yeah. <laughs> but the installers got to stand up, get recognition and, and trace processes is working. Cause look, we're getting recognition. At the end of the day, you know, I created that in the background that I didn't, you know, that it would have been easier for me to step up and say, well, I'm the one that did it. But instead of letting them just fail and say, yeah. look, I told you to do it this way. Now we have a water leak in the attic, which we have way more of yeah. than I really want. But all we had to do was, was make sure that the float switch was installed properly and the drain pan was level. And it, and, Cause I didn't, I didn't have the, I didn't have the respect to go correct people. Right. I had the only way I was going to is I had to show them, like I had to show up on their job site when they, you know, when an install crew didn't get to a job site till 930, it'd yeah. been easy for me to say, you know what, y'all deserve to work till seven, but no, Trey got yeah, through a sales call and he showed up at 530 and got it done. Well, at the end of the day, they didn't change because I told them to, they changed because at the end of the day, they respected I showed up at 530 and worked with them through That's the night to get point. it done. And, so, you know, only thing I had going for me was sweat equity, right? That was yeah. the only thing I could get, you know, that's where their buy-in had to come from, which honestly, like it took a lot of energy and, and then my wife and my kids paid the price for it to get to where we are today. But it's like, how bad do you want culture to change? How bad do you want to scale? Because to the day when we, when, yeah, I was probably 26 and we had changed a lot of the employees didn't work there. It's like change the people or change the people, right? Right. And, yeah. and so that was a tough thing too, was you went through this, uh, through this transition of changing the culture, which means I had to find the people. So let me uh, ask you on that. When you, when you were doing that transition and changing, when you had people still there that had a mindset that was, the, that they didn't really agree with what you, but what you believed, but they, they, those people were kind of teetering out, but you were bringing new people in, but you wanted the new people to have the buy-in but you didn't want the old people to influence them in a negative way. Like you couldn't just say, okay, here's the line. You can't cross it this way and you can't cross it this way. Like, how did you? So, cause at the end of the day, the, the most vocal ones in your business is probably not the ones that's the yeah. strongest behind your culture. Right. Oh, right. And they're going to be the squeaky wheel. Yeah, cause and, a lot yeah. of people are more vocal about stuff they don't like and negative than they are about positive. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, my job is to protect the herd. Right. And, uh, but at the same time I had a business to run and we could not kill our workforce so I could replace them. So to me, it, it was early on starting to really empower, really like, and a lot of it fell on me, like meaning, hey, when do we rebuild? We're going to rebuild this winter and we're committed. Like we got it. We're, we're, we're and where are y'all at again? East Texas. So, yeah, so y'all have a winter because like now, in Savannah, 70s. No, I mean, so like you can look at it like our, our, we'll go from 14% of our revenues done in, in June to 4% of it's done in January. So obviously Same. a third, yeah. I could cut a third of the staff and yeah. still be okay. Yeah. Right. So, right. so that's really when we, but it, that's planning going into it. And honestly, for my dad being emotionally connected to those guys, he right. had to remove himself. Right. That's, because th that's my thing. Like as soon as I meet their family done, yeah. but they see the writing on the wall. And a lot of those like realized, like, it wasn't like I Trey went and fired people. People came to me. It's like, Trey, we just, you know, this isn't what we want to do. And Hey, I get it. Like, but this is where we're going. Yeah. But I think what happened was, was the little helper that never spoke up. And all of a sudden when that guy's gone, he's yeah. empowered. And the guy's like, like, where'd this come from? Like you just, people rise to the occasion and you know, so, but moving forwards, like it now, as we try to continue to maintain culture is you gotta know who your influencers are and you Meaning. know, 
you know, so for me, if I'm going to change something, uh -huh. uh, let's say performance pay, or let's yeah. say we're going to change uniform, even uniforms is a big thing sometimes, right? I know that even though it's hard people sometimes to sell, I give them a seat at the table, right? And, and I have what I want their mindset to be when they leave my office. And it's my job to sell them the product that I need them to do. And it's their, and it becomes their idea. Or they, of their they idea. Have the idea. Yeah, they it's have our idea at the end of the day. So they go out and, and they manage that in the, you know, so, you know, when they're having that little truck talk or coffee talk. Yeah, like water cooler talk or I got dumpster them, talk. They're on my side, right? Yeah. And uh, so it's not Trey's ideal, it's our ideal. And, and, uh, but that's, that's, as we grew, that's what I, I came to recognize was like, there's people in your business that, ha that has the respect that maybe you don't have yep. and you got to go be able to sell them behind closed doors, say, Hey, I need you. And this is what I need you to do. And, and it, here's why. And, 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 and I, I, I even do it. And sometimes it's honest, like, Hey, I'll be honest, like this isn't designed to pay y'all more money, yep. but we got to get labor under control or I can't pay these people or we can't grow. And there's going to not, and there's not going to be as much opportunity for you in the future. And I feel like anytime that I'm transparent that way, they, they get buy-in. Mm -hmm. they, they understand the why behind the reasoning. That it's not just me trying to get more money, or yeah. you know, if they understand, hey, look, these are our margins, and these are like, especially when it comes to pay or anything mm -hmm. related yeah, to that. Do they? I mean, it's a, you know, I think sometimes we look at them as a tool, and like it's their livelihood. It it's is a serious, and their and, families, and being. it's emotional for them. It's anxiety-driven. Like it's a. So we got to be cognizant of that. And so I take all that stuff really serious and I truly love the people that work for me. And you know, and my job is to create opportunity. And if I don't and you leave me, shame on me, right? Yeah, and so I work every day to do that. And I think our leadership team and our influencers, and when I say influencers, they don't mean they're on a leadership team. They could be an installer. They could yeah. be, they could be the warehouse manager. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, their That's personalities good. is what makes them influencers. And, and the, that can be good or bad. Yeah. They could be a bad influence no. also. They could be the person that, that just like doesn't say anything well, in the meeting or is like silent. And or... I take that head on. Like, so if we're, if we're going to change something performance pay and I know I'm going to have a vocal guy that's negative, like if I can't sell him behind closed doors, it's going to be a disaster. So I got to take that one head. Hey, come on in here. Let's talk about it. And let me tell you my side of the story. And sometimes it might even mean that he might have a valid point. He may have a point that a good point. that really doesn't affect me one way or the other, but I was wanting to do it this way, but Hey, I may adopt it, adapt it for him. Yeah. And, and move forwards. And because either I need to get rid of him yeah. or I need to accept that he's an influencer. And if I'm going to keep him on the influence team, then I mean, if you take, I've found that if you take his, whatever he has to say, like if he, if, if it's like, and like you mentioned, it doesn't matter one way or the other to yeah. you. And you took his advice and then did, then instantly he has buy-in. Yeah, let him have and, a win. And right? he has the Don't win. Cost him nothing. And, and, right. And so I think that's amazing. But you mentioned, it's your responsibility to make sure that they have the leads, they have the, 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 the work to come in. Let's transition just a little bit into the booth that we're actually yeah. sitting in here. Who, who is Lemon Seed? Yeah, so Lemon Seed, so 2018, me and Crystal, my sister, Crystal Williams, worked in the family business with me. I ran the business, had been running it, and she had had another career. Then, then as we were continuing to scale, I needed someone that was, um, I felt like a marketer internally at, at the time. And, and so, I convinced Crystal to come on board. And then in 2018, you know, it, I had a couple of things. I think my job is to create opportunity. And, and there was only so much you could pay Crystal. And, but she had a skill set that was, that's, you don't find. Like, yeah. it, she's unbelievable like, what she does. And so me and her just started talking because I really wanted to give her her own platform because she was underneath the, her brother. Yeah. And so me and her kind of came up and created, you know, we're going to start doing marketing for others for a couple different reasons. I want to give Crystal a long platform. 
I think exposure is king. And I think she there. Yeah, I mean, y'all are killing it with exposure on this. Yeah. And I love the the behind the scenes stuff at, yeah. on TikTok or wherever yeah. it's at. But I think at the end of the day for us, it was like we had a marketer and they live in this little ecosystem and they don't know what's going on. So oh. giving Crystal exposure to all these other brands and all these other companies oh, and good. she's able to help them. But at the same time, she's like, Trey, you won't believe what so-and-so's doing. Like, and being able to bring stuff back to us and continue to empower. That's a win-win for yeah. everybody. And, and at the same time, her getting to see the inner workings of a, a HVAC and plumbing company on a regular basis gives her a, a I think, a it's view. Definitely that, a competitive advantage yeah. for anybody else that, that she she's can talk to. the game. I mean, exactly. She she's experienced yeah. the game. And it's not just buzzwords that she's saying, yeah. which is really awesome. I, I So how large was the, was the company whenever Lemon Seed was created? We're, so in 2018, we're doing about $12 million. $12 million. Okay. And y'all have multiple locations, don't yeah. you? Yeah, we have multiple locations. So we'll do right at $30 million this year and, and, and still, you know, on a growth path to continue to do that's other things. So, that's what's up. That's, yeah. That's, that's really cool. And, uh, but Crystal's been, you know, Lemon Seed's team has been instrumental in that just because the, you know, to the exposure, right? And, and strategic things that we do and, and we're, and understanding the disciplines of marketing, right? It's, it's, it's a so, lot. What, okay. So here's a tough question for you. What would have to happen for you to fire Lemon Seed as your marketing company? <laughs> well, so I think Lemon Seed's a lot different than most marketing companies, right? I mean, um, their job is to go find the best partners in, in the space that we want help in, whether that's digital, whether that's direct mail, that's their job. And I didn't want to be in, I didn't want to be a digital marketer because I think there is, there is times where there's a new product that come out that that maybe my digital company doesn't accept or didn't, didn't and they adopt. Need to so focus I, on, yeah. their job to me is go find me the best people in each one of those spaces. And they're, they're so Lemon Seed you've Marketing. Already, you've already thought about yeah. this. Like, so, this is our best. So Lemon Seed Marketing is probably a bad word from a standpoint of they are, they, they are strategists and orchestrators. Yeah. And, they're and the connector. They're the connector and, and their job is not to be, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but their job is not to be loyal to none, right? It's to be loyal to the contractor and to go find the best the best partner they can that and whoever them. that is. And I think there's, there's seasons, these different companies go through technologies changing at such a, such a vast rate that I don't want to wait two years for my digital company to adopt that and when figure it, it out no. when there's somebody else who that's their yeah. only focus and they're figuring We're that pivot, move. Yeah. And, and, and at the same, you know, I kind of look at it from a business owner. I'm loyal to one person and that's my employees. Right. And, uh, and my job is to go find, it's not to foster relationships and buy equipment from so-and-so because, because he takes me on a deer hunt, right? That's uh, if, true though, but yeah. how many times do we fall guilty? Oh, no, and, it's, and, it, and, I, and there's, there's, I don't want to discredit relationships yeah, are important, right. but at the same time, we need to have the exposure to say the relationship is more important than what the value is there. Majority of the time, we never even look at the value there. We, we simply just say, oh, he's more important. He's, he's a, a good guy. A, yeah, he's a good guy. Compared to what? Are you willing to, you know, if it's worth $3 million in growth in your business, is that good a relationship? Probably not. That's a good point. But you never go to, but a lot of times no one has that conversation. And that's where, you know, the accountability, that's what I expect at Lemon Seed every day is like, that's what I hold them accountable for. It's like, y'all need to execute, but you need to make sure our partners are the best partners we possibly could have today. That is, that is a really good point. And, and I love the, the fact that you mentioned the relationship, even like, so relationships with vendors, I'm guilty of not using a certain vendor because yeah, I don't really get along with the counter guys, yeah. but they might be 20% less on yeah. the parts. Like, is it the relationship worth? Yeah. And, and uh, the reality is, I think we just need to make sure we know what that value is. Yeah. And a lot of times we never even quantify it. We That's just, a good point. Oh, they're just, they're cheaper. Well, 
what does that really do to your bottom line? Yeah. I mean, you may, may be such a good deal to your bottom line, you go hire hire your own parts guy and you don't have to deal with it. Yes. So That is a great point yeah. too. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you hanging out and yeah. sharing with us. It, people are, they're starting to release and coming in here, yeah. so it's just gonna keep getting louder and louder. Yeah. But I, no. Trey, like, and the first night I was here, you didn't even know me in ball <laughs> dinner. So I, I super appreciate yeah. that. I mean, I, it's, it's very evident that y'all have a lot of great things going on. I, Linden Seed, they're killing it with your marketing and, and sharing your content. And I love seeing all of that too, yeah. but it's, it's really, you're, you and your team are very much of an inspiration to the other guys that are I appreciate out there. It. I, I think this industry is probably the most giving and the coolest people in the industry. Like they're all just I hard agree. workers. So it's just a fun place to be because there's so many like-minded and so many people that got here because of sweat equity. Yeah, so, true, true. Yeah. I really appreciate y'all hanging yeah. out with us. And uh, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'll get you connected with this, yeah. with those teams over here. Live and see marketing. They're great, great, great people. But that being said, I hope you have a wonderful and safe day. We'll totally talk again next time. Hey there, listener. Uh, this is Tersh with Service Business Mastery Podcast. Check out more information on Company Cam and some of the great features that they offer. Are you an HVAC? Looking to save an hour a day every day? Are you looking for the latest tool to help your business scale? Well, we have the You maybe couldn't tell, but I'm no HVAC tech. And the thought of telling a pilot light from a gas bell has me sweating bullets. Hi, I'm Jordan, and I work at Company Cam. I may not have the tools to fix a furnace, but I do have the tool for your photo documentation needs. See what Company Cam can do for you. Keep all your different project photos organized by date and location while using annotations and comments to keep workflows clear, all from your phone. Check it out today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Service Business Mastery. Now that you are equipped with essential business advice from this impactful conversation, you are one step closer to becoming the successful owner of your dreams. If this episode has been helpful to your business journey, don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and share it with other owners as well. Visit servicebusinessmastery.com to learn more.